A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. All Season 3 episodes are available now. Stream every episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like The After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download the Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Get in early so we can answer all your questions. I think we had a couple off the air last week, so... We want to get to you on the air so you can listen to yourself on the air later. Why yeah. not? Wherever you can in the service centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and guaranteed breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. I'm Bob. Sitting next to me, as always, is Kyle. We're here to answer those questions. It's an interactive call-in show. This is this is your show, really. I mean, uh, we just fill in with facts and figures and fun things. But you got to call in. Yeah, you got to call in. We want to answer your questions. Otherwise, I'll call you. Yeah. Yeah, we threatened that last week, and we called you. Yeah, well, two weeks two weeks ago we threatened. Yeah, them. what are the odds? Yeah, somebody, we got people. We got people. We'll call. I mean, we got a phone book. I mean, somebody's yeah. got to have a car problem. You got a phone book? There's probably one here somewhere. <laughs> I have to imagine <laughs> next to the trash can. Is that where it's at? I can dial probably. just a random number. Somebody will be there. <laughs> yes, there you go. There you go. Well, you know, today's going to be a great day. I think tomorrow they said something is uh, kind of iffy. So uh, let's get out and get that problem solved today. So you don't you can sit there and uh, look out the window at your truck in the driveway and know it's fixed. Yeah. Versus uh, just putting it off, procrastinating, mm-hmm. which we kind of all do, don't we? Oh yeah, I think mechanics more than anybody. Well, you know, maybe I guess I don't know about everybody else, but uh, if you're a mechanic or you're a technician, you got more than one job lined up. And if it's not just cars, if you're a mechanic, more than likely you're pretty, you are, and so am I. And so just about everybody I know that's a mechanic is very adept at fixing just about everything. Yeah. We, anywhere from roofing the house to putting the fence up to, uh, washing machines, garbage disposals. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get held together by some kind of fastener, I'm taking it apart. Yeah. Once you get that (laughs) mentality of, uh, this can't be that tough. I, I tore an engines all the way apart, put them all back together and they ran. You know, so uh, what's the worst that's going to happen here? The only thing I don't mess with is plumbing. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> plumbing is one thing. I mess with plumbing, but not too deep into it because, yeah, yeah. Certain areas of plumbing. Yes, don't certain deal areas with. of plumbing. Yes, yes. If it's a sink, cool. Let's get it going. Certain we can ar- seal that up. Certain areas of electricity, too. So, uh, well, that. I mean, <laughs> but you've, you know, you've seen my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an article I found, Kyle. The... Uh, Carfax kind of broke out some data on the most popular victims nationwide of stolen catalytic converters. We got a follow-up to this story, too, I just read the other day. The 
the top of the list would be an F-150. Sure. Just because it's up in the air. And, you know, they sell more trucks than anybody else. Yeah, so, there's a bunch of them. I mean, yep. natural selection is going to happen. A little bit has to do with uh, where they place the cats. Sure. Um, some Chevrolet trucks don't have as much problem because they've got three different cats, but the two up high are pretty difficult to get to. You yeah, got, they're hard to take off if you're trying to take them off the right way. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And the one down below is is pretty easy, but for the most part, there was blazers back then that you never had cats stolen because they were tucked up underneath the frame. Mm-hmm. They were an SOB to get out, and uh, everybody passed those by. Yeah. Somebody else on the list here is uh, Honda Accord. You know, there's a ton of Honda Accords, but gosh, they're laying on the ground. It's, you know, that's, that's kind of tough. But I, I seen a Subaru the other day that had the catalytic converter cut off of it. So they, he must have brought a jack along with him. Yeah, I'm just picturing like a NASCAR pit stop. Yeah. I can't hardly get my shoulder underneath that to uh, even try no. to change the oil if you did something on the ground. I don't know how they get the cat out of there. They got more ambition than I do. CRV, that's easy. I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of hanging down there in the breeze. I mean, you can see those things when you drive down the road. Um, Toyota Prius. This is kind of an interesting one, and the only re- really reason they want that, so if you have a Prius, park it somewhere else, is that there's a, a lot more of the precious metals in a Prius, probably because it's a hybrid, gas hybrid, than anything else. So mm-hmm. that's kind well, of that's a, a huge catalytic converter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm under, what, 100 different cars a, a week, but I, until we started talking about that, I never pay attention to any particular part. You look no. at a Prius, I mean, it's two feet of catalytic converter. Yeah which means there's a lot of material in it. And uh, what rounds out the list is a uh, Conaline van. Seen that many a times. And oh, the, yeah. the other thing is the box trucks because they're just laying out there. And the Chevy Equinox. Yeah, I can see that. They're kind of in that particular area. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the ones you want. So if you've ever had this happen to you, if you go back with a, a, a factory one, that's great. Uh, but there's, those are the ones they want. If you go back with an aftermarket, which – probably does the same job for 99% of the time, they seem to leave the aftermarkets alone. I don't really see that we've put one on that they've come back and done again. You know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that is. But Do you to, think they're out there just shopping, like climbing under that I, car? Oh, I think we they, probably don't need that. I Let's think check they do. out this car. I think they do. They get underneath there, and they see that, and they just get right back up and go. Why spend the effort of getting in trouble on something that's not going to get you anything? They want to go the other way. Mm. And to finish up that story, I know we did a couple, two, three weeks ago or a month ago, the guy that, that got ran over, he was cutting off somebody's catalytic converter out uh-huh. in California and uh, disturbed the driver inside that was taking a nap and ran him over. Well, it's happened the same thing, too. Now this has happened down somewhere in South, like uh, South Carolina or something like that. The, uh, Such a shame. He crawled. Well, he's, <laughs> he's crawled, he, did, he pulled the jack out, stealing a catalytic converter, and, of course, the uh, jack failed. So. Oh, no. Boom, down. Done. So he didn't get he didn't get it all. All right. We're gonna head over to Diane. Diane's got a nineteen Avalon. Diane, what's going on? Hi, Diana. How are you? Good. Good. Yes. I have a two thousand nineteen Toyota Avalon and it's almost out of warranty, out of warranty, and we always trade them before then, but this one we're gonna keep. So is there anything in particular? Uh, we should pay attention to or look out to. Also, the Avalon's being discontinued, so is that a concern or not? No. No, not really. Um, it's a great car. It's a Toyota. Um, 
Toyota builds a, a it's a great car. Yeah, yeah, Toyota builds an amazing product. Um, usually, as a rule, um, ten years is is when they start phasing out and stop building parts. That might be different because of pandemic. Um, okay. Certain vehicles that are very popular, um, they'll extend. Like there's some Toyota, they're still making parts for Land Cruisers from 1969 because yeah. it's such okay. a cult kind of thing. Um, but no, they're they're great car. The only thing that I would say is if it's a 19, I would just keep up on the maintenances. You know, whatever is recommended to do, you know, at a, at a hundred, I would do. How many miles are on? Did you say? Oh, uh, rough, roughly. I'm not sure. Thirty four thousand. Thirty four thousand. Oh gosh, it's a yes. brand new car. Steve. Brand new car. I'm not getting rid of this thing until it falls yeah. till it falls out from underneath there. Fixing the body. Yeah, that's yeah. why we were going to keep it. So okay. absolutely no, just keep up on the maintenances of, of what um, you know needs to be done. If nineteen nineteen with thirty four thousand miles, so yeah, no, just keep up on the maintenances and and you'll be fine. Okay, thank you very much. You bet. Appreciate the call. Yeah, can't beat that. You know no. that, that that brings me to another article that I that I just seen too. That they're going to get rid of Camry. They're going to get rid of Camry in the Japan. Not not here in the states. They're going to keep okay. it right now, but in in Japan, they're going to get rid of that altogether. Because I mean, they got to be high in the running for longest production run. Uh, it's the um, Toyota Corolla, Corolla, and the Cressida. Cressida is over in Japan. It used to be a Cressida here uh, many years ago, back in the '80s and maybe a '90-ish kind of thing. But Toyota Corolla is is one of the most built vehicles behind years running. I forget all the numbers, but years running. Sure. I think I think. Volkswagen Bugs got everybody beat yeah. because they were building those to 2008 or five in, in Mexico forever. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I think Toyota Corolla is has got that at that second place. So <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and the Camry is such a great car too. You know, um, a lot yeah, of yeah, you can't beat them. No, there's a lot of people that ask me about Camry and, and you know or, or Toyota in, in in general, and I don't really see. From all the cars that we see, I don't really see a, a dud in the bunch. Yeah, because normally, like, people ask me if this is a good car or that's a good car. I look back in my nightmares file. Mm-hmm. There's a file in my brain of cars that have been a nightmare for me. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, and, and they, they have their problems, too. I mean, they all do because, you know, everything that you drive is very complicated. And it's getting even more complicated with with the uh, electric cars that are coming out because, uh, boy, you think it's if it's the complication of, of you not being able to figure things out, it's going to go down. It's most certainly not. One of the no. things that drives me nuts when I get into a Tesla is I try to find the mileage when we're fixing the car, and you got to go through your touch screen and everything else. And it's it's like I'm sending a space shuttle to the moon. You can't find it if you're not used to doing maybe it all the time. I maybe I am. <laughs> Maybe I am, but it's so aggravating. Just to, why can't we just have a number up there that says this is a mileage? All right, five five eight eleven tens numbers to get in. Hang on, we'll be back in a minute. Are you a mechanic who just doesn't feel like a mechanic anymore? Yeah, yeah. Do you find yourself unable to last as long under the hood? Uh huh. That's right. Or are you just not interested in rotating tires anymore? Hell yeah. I'd go weeks and weeks without doing an oil change. The car would come in and just sit there and of course we'd look at each other. I knew what was expected of me being a mechanic and all, but 
I just wasn't in the mood. Does this sound like you? Yes! Well, you might be suffering from MD or mechanic dysfunction. Yes! Mechanic dysfunction. Yeah! 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 But now, thanks to science and wasted grant money, there's hope for millions of mechanics around the world, which is why we're proud to introduce Mechanic-All, the medically unproven answer to mechanic dysfunction. After I took Mechanic-All, I felt like a new mechanic. I was rotating tires and changing oil faster than ever before. I was even finishing before the car was even off the jack. Millions of mechanics around the world are finding their love for lug nuts again, all thanks to Mechanical. So what are you waiting for? If you're a mechanic in need of a little ignition to spark your passion for brake pads, try Mechanical, and your lady will love it. Disclaimer, this drug has not been tested or approved by any credible source, and I would highly recommend not taking it. Talk back to News Radio 1110 KFAB anytime with the Talkback mic on iHeartRadio. Just sign in and sound off. Okay, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558 1110 is the numbers to get in. We got a full bank of calls, so we're just going to blast right into them. We're going to go Jim. Jim's got a 97 Honda CRV. Jim, what's going on? You like this car? I, I, anyway, uh, it's a four-speed, uh, according to the indicator on the uh, shift indicator. It's D4. Yep. Uh, it shifts four times, but it doesn't hasn't lately hasn't seemed to want to like if the torque converter doesn't lock up because it's like missing one speed. Missing one speed. So did somebody this on this particular car? Because I've I've got a couple of these. I just love these things. If you want to sell it, give me a call. I'll buy it from you. Okay. <laughs> so on the let's gear see shift, where this call goes. Yeah, let's see where this call goes. This might, yeah, I might be get this for free. So uh, <laughs> on the gear shift, there is a button right on the end of the gear shift that is the overdrive button. Did somebody happen to hit that? And maybe the OD is light is on in the dash, and if it's, that's the case, you're never going to find fourth gear because you turned it off. That's okay. that, that's the first I, thing to check. Yeah, I guess I've never. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know. It's I right. didn't think our, but it's on the end of what button? It's right on, on the, the the gear shift, gear shift selector. So if somebody grabbed oh. a hold of that gear shift and maybe put their thumb on it and pulled it down into gear, they they could have disabled the overdrive and okay, it's going to stay in third gear all the way around town all the time. Yeah. So a Is lot it? a lot of times I. It's- Mine never really leaves yeah. town, so uh, you know. Sometimes I'll just leave it in third gear all the time. It's got more power because they're a little anemic sometimes, trying to get out of their right. own way. So oh, it's our it's our runabout. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, they're great uh, cars. Um, that's what I would try. If you don't have overdrive, then a lot of times if you put it into drive, sometimes the light the the D light will be flashing, or you probably have to get a scanner out and uh, maybe not so much a, a basic scanner, maybe a little deeper scanner to get in to find out you could have a, a sensor or solenoid bad or something like that that's just not allowing it to those to go. those shift solenoids on the front of the transmission exactly yeah, exactly you service you, those externally yes you can um, they were very easy to do they were very common to go bad um, you could have got something up in there and chewed a little bit of the wiring and that's why it don't work um, but typically if the wiring was chewed then maybe the od light would come on it's a little yellow light Oh, somewhere in the upper right-hand portion, I think, of the dash. Um, so, yeah, try that. 
Uh, well, yeah, because um, it it uh, used to be that it wouldn't always go do that last shift mm-hmm. unless it worked up a little bit, which I, I, I can see. And so maybe after that, we hit it and uh, hit the button, didn't know it. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, check so, it out. Might be easy to fix. You know, it might be bigger deal that you've got to pull the transmission out and do all that kind of stuff. Then you got to weigh what it's worth versus what you use it for, and then, maybe I'll, just, then I'll sell. I'll sell it to you at that time. All right, call me back. <laughs> <laughs> I need another one. I don't have enough cars. I I need another one. I think you're railroading well, him, Bob. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Jim, this thing's terrible. Call me after the show. I would never put any money in this. <laughs> we've got three or four. We've got three. We've got a Rav 4 V6 yeah. that we love. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Another great car. That is a pocket rocket. And then we have a, a, a new Sienna ordered for going on 10 months. Yeah. Sure. yeah. They take a while to get in anymore. They are. Another great car. They, they don't have yeah, yeah. great car. Okay, can I hang on and... Get your phone number just in case. You bet, Jim. You bet. Hang okay. on. We'll, we'll be right back. All right. Well, there's a show first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to head over to Tracy, and uh, Tracy's got a uh, Subaru Forester. Tracy, what's going on today? Yeah, so I'm in the market uh, to buy a new car, and I'm uh, leaning towards the Subaru Forester. I was just wondering, is that a good car? Is everything under the hood uh, good, and um, are they expensive? they break down or anything to have repair well you I, called you called the right show because kyle works on a lot of subarus and, and kyle can answer any question so you're looking to get a new subaru that is correct 2023 i say go for it they've had some problems in the past and i'm sure google's going to tell you all about those problems and they've improved um, a lot of those problems yes and these new motors that they're putting in there stay away from the turbos but get a non-turbo engine, and I think you'll love it. Yeah, low maintenance, low repair cost kind of car. You know, we're not getting in and rebuilding the engines anymore at 70,000 miles. I think you'll be in good shape. Yeah, since since they turned from a timing belt engine over to a timing chain engine, uh, they, they have gotten a, a rid of a lot of problems, and they used to have a lot of head gasket problems, but I kind of agree with Kyle. It's... Uh, they're a good rock solid car uh, with you know I've only seen one problem with these newer engines and I'm 90% sure it's self inflicted. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean not a lot. No. We're two thumbs up here. You know how many miles you can get out of on the Subaru Oh, uh 100 plus. You take care of it you, you easily. I think I, I owned one for a while that had two hundred and twenty-five thousand miles on it. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, two hundred thousand is nothing for these cars. No, that's and that's kind of the way that I've always operated, and Kyle has too. You buy it once, take care of it really well, maintenance up, drive it. So, drive it. Make sure it's something you really want and really like because mm-hmm. you'll be having it for a while. Easily a couple hundred thousand, Tracy. So. Oh, hey, thank you. I you bet. Great. You bet. Appreciate the call. Enjoy the Subaru. Yeah, yeah. They, like you said, they used to have a lot of problems. Eh, no, I shouldn't say a lot. They used to have a fair amount of problems. But I think they, yeah, generally, I mean, they had problems, but you only dealt with it once. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you had your timing belt maintenance at yeah. 100000 but generally we only did the head gaskets once. Subarus are kind of a cultish kind of thing. A lot, a lot of people love them and uh, just drive them forever and 
Like I say, we work on a lot of them. So I can have the engine out of one of those in 40 minutes flat. <laughs> All right, we're <laughs> going to head over to Michael. Michael's got a 13 Kia Soul. Michael, what's going on? Yeah, good morning, guys. So I drive that Kia Soul. It's a six-speed manual transmission, and I'm looking to get a little bit more performance out of it. So I'm thinking maybe of putting in a uh, aftermarket um, cold air intake. And just want to get your thoughts on that. And I was concerned about don't do it whether it was going to draw enough cold air. No, probably not. Your engine can only pull in the amount of air that it's made to pull in. You're yeah. not going to gain anything or lose anything. You'll just have you're gonna, a shiny thing under your hood. Yeah, you'll spend you'll spend a couple hundred, two, three hundred dollars on it. You'll gain a little bit of put more air getting in there. Um, the significant amount is not going to be twelve or fourteen percent. It might be one or two percent. Um, they're just it's it's kind of a medium car with a kind of a medium engine. The yeah. The way to go about this, if you want to do it, and I can't really do it with this car because you've already kind of got it, but is to get one of these. I've got a I've got a Hyundai with a turbo, and uh, the Hyundai with a turbo just goes. It's just a fun car to drive, and all that that little lack of acceleration and anemic performance goes away when you when you add a turbo. And Honda Hyundai's done a pretty good job at it. So I'd say go to the junkyard, find a turbo uh, one, swap it out. <laughs> What's that? Is that is that a two liter? Is that a two liter? Or uh, I don't even remember. I think it's a one one eight or two liter. I don't even remember yeah, what's in it. It's not a big engine. I don't, okay. I don't lift the hood enough to even know. It's uh. Okay, so it's it's a negative on putting the cold air in. There. You could, you know, the biggest thing about making a car a little more horsepower is getting more air in and putting bigger exhaust to get more exhaust out. The bigger the exhaust, the easier it is to go out. So. That's what a lot of performance things to do, but the amount of horsepower you're going to get out of doing that on that particular car is going to be negligible. It's it's all going to be about like Kyle said, opening the hood and seeing something shiny there. Now, it's yeah. not it's not going to benefit. Yeah. You're going to spend more money than it's worth. But okay, very good. Thanks, guys. You bet. Not a problem. Bye. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it kind of goes. There's probably some kind of a performance tuner or something you can just plug into the OBD port that could possibly give him a lot more. That's another idea, Kyle. I was a lot more bang for your buck. Here's something I can see a tangible yeah. add-on. Yeah, if there's somebody out there that can put a little, buy a little something that hooks in there or maybe even tune that just a little bit. Not a lot. Yeah. Don't, don't want to be putting pistons down the bottom on the ground. No. You know, you want to maybe just a little bit. To, used to be in the old days, we wanted more power. We would just take the distributor and kind of turn it from uh, zero. Turn it a little bit. Turn yeah, we that turn left screw on the yeah, carburetor. Yeah, we turn it from zero, you know, top dead center to about 14 degrees, you know, advanced. And all of a sudden we got way more power. But just don't let it idle too long. They don't do it. Yeah, they don't do it like that anymore because the emission controls are crazy. So. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is number to get in. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is number to get in. Uh, we're going to head straight over to Sandra. They've been waiting for a while. 2015 Ford Explorer. Sandra, what's going on today? Yep. Well, I just had the oil changed, and um, it's got a little over 106,000 miles on it. And... Um, I'm just curious how often, when we first bought it, you know, it was like they said every 5,000 miles. 
But um, the little sticker they put up there on the corner the other day, I mean, it was just a little over 2000 that they want me to bring it back. So what do you think? I think I think they miswrote the, uh, the yeah. sticker. I think they just had a... Uh, Three to five thousand on oil. Changes. Yeah, three to five thousand, and Ford runs a semi-synthetic, and yeah, it depends. You know, in the winter time things kind of get built up in the engine, so three thousand is great. But yeah, three to five thousand with that. What we normally okay. run, if you run full synthetic on any car, uh, we usually mm-hmm. change them about every six thousand miles is what we put down. Um, you can go as mm-hmm. high as ten thousand miles. The key, mm-hmm. the key with any of this for everybody listening is if you go that mileage is to check the oil i yeah I, oh. a, lot, a lot you know i hear this all the time just nearly about every every week is uh, i can't be low on oil my sticker says i'm not due yet those are two mm-hmm. totally separate things mm-hmm. what the sticker mm-hmm. says has nothing to do with how much oil is in the engine so to answer your question i would minimum three you could bump it to five if you want easily okay yeah. Well, I wondered about that. It, it, you know, uh, it seemed like the last time I had it changed, I never paid that much attention to it. But I mean, the mileage that is. But I went the other day when I was driving at home, I noticed that well, I was 500 miles over an oil change, and I thought, boy, that came up quick. And <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, maybe they put maybe they put the same thing on the last sticker. I don't, I didn't pay attention, but but I just decided to. So anyway, I just yeah. thought I. Check no, with you guys and see what you think. Two thousands way too soon for that. Um, if it's a brand new car and it's got zero miles and you're changing it mm-hmm. to, at two thousand, uh, then yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's a great idea. Your first one should be maybe two or three thousand miles in. Break in uh, change. Mm-hmm. Break in oil change. Beyond that, you follow the three to five. Beyond that, so. Okay. Good enough. Well, thank you. You bet, Sandra. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to go over to Patrick. Patrick's got an old one Grand Cherokee. Patrick, what's going on today? I had a check engine light come on, so I took it down to one of the stores, and they put a scanner to it, and it's showing up an oxygen sensor. Cool. Now, before I, before I go start replacing oxygen sensors, is there anything else I should look for? Absolutely. Yes. So is this the 4-liter engine or the V8? The V8. V8 engine. What okay. kind of oxygen sensor code did it say? Anything specific? Uh, it's a... P0138, uh, high, high voltage, bank one, sensor two. Okay. All right. First thing I do when I see high voltage, I'm going to look at my wiring harness. Is there a broken wire? Yep. Did the thing get stuck on something and come unplugged? Things like that. And then from there, I get a wiring diagram, find my power wire, because what it's looking for, you got 12 volts going in. Now, what's coming back to your computer is clearly 12 volts because it's wanting this sensor to take some load to where the computer's only seeing 6 to 8 volts possibly on the back side. So either your sensor's open and it's just letting voltage back through or there's a broken wire somewhere. Right. And you want to typically... You want to also typically look at everything upstream on that bank, uh, whatever it is. You know, is there a vacuum leak? Is there an exhaust leak? Yes, anything yes. on those lines. So anything the the oxygen sensor sits in the exhaust and it needs just exhaust, exhaust only. It, it so if you start putting air into it from somewhere else, like a broken exhaust manifold, a, a donut gasket that's sucking air, intake gasket, intake gaskets, uh, vacuum leaks. 
So it's that's all designed for that oxygen center to sit in the middle and, and adjust back and forth. Well, now, if you've added anything to it, like we just mentioned, intake, all that other stuff, now you've added fresh oxygen to it. The oxygen sensor says, I don't know what to do with this, and I just go one way. So right. nine times out of ten, um, it's something else that's causing the problem. The oxygen sensor is just the first sensor to pick it up to say, you've got a problem. Mm-hmm. Now, if and that's you, what I thought. Yeah. And now I thought if, you guys said that earlier. Right, right. Now, if you've got an oxygen sensor that comes up, uh, oxygen sensor heater code, that's either wiring or a sensor nearly every time. Yeah. So, yeah, do some preliminary checks before you just hang an O2 in there and clear the code and watch it come back on. Okay, great. All right, appreciate it, Appreciate Patrick. it, guys. You bet. Not a problem. All right, we're going to head over to Gary. Gary's got an 07H2. Gary, what's going on today? Well, I've had this several years. I bought it with 150,000. It's got 178,000 on it now. Uh, ever since I had it, um, on a cold, what I want to say, a fresh start, the first start of the day, the steering and the brakes uh, kind of fight each other. You know, when you push your your brake on, you don't have really have a good start of steering and sure. and vice versa. Yeah. And then as you get some turns into it and, and a few feet down the road, it, it seems to clear up. Sounds like the pump might be getting weak, your power steering pump. Oh. And, and H2 is kind of like a – it's that's more or less a Tahoe, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're a, GM, they're a uh, GMC platform, yeah. to, or three-quarter ton. Is that uh, – and I don't remember – you know, we used to work on a lot of these, but haven't seen one in a while. Is, is that got a power booster or is no, that got a hydro boost? Is it hydro boost? They're all hydro boost. Oh, is, so, is it? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember. Yeah, check yeah, that, power I, steering fluid. Yeah. Is there any yeah, winding so I, from that pump? I've already I, I did tackle the power steering pump this okay. last fall because it was uh, whining and uh, and yes I did put a power steering pump on it but I still have that same uh, symptoms. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're hard to steer in the morning, I mean it's all run off that hydro boost and that power steering pump. Uh, you could have a hydro boost that's not working like it needs to. The other possibility is because it know. goes from what the uh, power steering pump. Through the hydro boost to the steering gear, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I mean, clearly you're losing pressure, right? Too much pressure, you wouldn't have an issue, but so yeah. it's it's robbing robbing one to pay for the other until it actually warms up and pressures up. Yeah, right. right. So yeah. Okay. We got to get down to is our new pump good or is it failed? Um, right. Do we have pressure up to our hydro boost? I mean, we can crack a line and kind of get a air idea of what's coming through there do we have okay. pressure coming out of the hydro boost again we can crack a line and kind of see do we got the same coming out as we do going in mm-hmm. and you know maybe try that it's going to make a huge mess but i mean it'll right. kind of tell you what you got you know and we put far more uh hydro boosts on because they're leaking mm-hmm. and, and have issues than we do gearboxes i mean if we're trying to yeah go, i can't remember doing a gearbox on the Chevy. no i mean you got three things there you got the pump the hydro and, and the gear and out of those the hydro is probably if what, it were a steering gear though he wouldn't have any effect in his brake pedal i wouldn't yeah, think yeah i think you're more on the, hy- yeah. kind of the, the hydro the side trail. yeah I that's kind of where i was going we've got I think your hydro is kind of where your your problem is. Okay, that I sounds usually, good. I usually do that when I go put a hydro on them. I usually do a new one. I don't. I don't go to GM. Yeah, I, I do not get a rebuilt. I, I just not have had good luck with rebuilds. 
Understood. All right. Yeah. That's what I need to know. I All appreciate right. it. Appreciate it, Gary. Thanks. All right. We're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We'll be back in a minute. All right. We are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. All right. Buchanan Service Centers at 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, guaranteed breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We're on Dodge. Stop and see us. We're going to head over in the calls again. We've got another one. Mike. Mike's got a Chevy Colorado. Mike, what is going on today? Well, uh, it's a Chevy Colorado uh, 2010, and it's got 100,000 miles. So I just changed the oil, and I want to put some of the marble mystery oil in it. Now, if I put 16 ounces of mystery oil in there, will that make it over over the five ports? I know it will, theoretically, but will it hurt it? It In the engine? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you can you you, you can do right. Marble mystery oil goes for a lot of different things: engine, transmission, no, blah 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 blah, blah blah. No. So, what's your intention? Is just to leave it in there, or are you just trying to clean things out and drain it out? Well, I'm going to put it in there. I'm going to put it there until the next time I change the oil. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just put four quarts of oil in there, then add a quart of marble. You're done. Yeah. You already put five in though, didn't you? Yeah, I already put five in. So your question is to it's you be a little bit over. Uh, you know, I'm going to say no. You're not going to have an issue. I've done that before. It's not a problem. There's a lot of cars that come in. A lot. And that's More the reason, than a quart over. That's the reason I was going to say that, Kyle. Is I have pulled the dipstick on thousands of cars. That this... I got 12 quarts out of a V6 Toyota <laughs> one time. <laughs> and it ran coming in the door. Yeah, I pulled I pulled a dipstick on thousands upon thousands of cars that it's a cord over easily. And I pulled on as okay. just that many that's had two cords over. So ideally, no, it's not great, but uh, you don't really want that overall. But is it going to hurt it? No, it's not. I see I it all. I think so. Well, I'm a shade tree mechanic. I got my license in 1964. Oh. <laughs> so, well, you, you can see back then, you know, you did not put – too much oil in or you know what's going to happen yeah <laughs> it's going to blow the you know all that stuff i just want to check with you guys so yeah no i see it okay. all the time i and they never really have any problems with it you know you'll be fine okay. mike yep you'll be fine all right. thank you very much appreciate it watch the show all the time appreciate Listen. it appreciate it yep yeah yeah you're right i've uh yeah, that car that I just mentioned, that was like two weeks ago. I pulled the drain plug, and it was coming out with some force behind it. And I was like, well, you know, because I was changing the oil, and I you don't ever check it before you change it. You're going to see how much is in yeah. it here in a minute. You know, I think we had a key. Next and not- thing, the bucket's full. I'm like, all right, we'll get this plug back in. Yeah, see, the bucket only holds. Up. Our buckets only hold about eight quarts. And, yeah. I, and I think I, we had a Kia about a month ago, the same thing. It was so clear. You couldn't tell it. You couldn't see it. it, it the oil was so clean on, on the dipstick, and uh, we I dipsticked and I pulled it in and out about four times, and I finally did, okay, this doesn't look right. So we went to pull it, and yeah, I got a bucket and a half out of it. Yeah. So it had ten quarts in it, sure. but it was it was still running. She didn't have an issue. She just said, "I must have a leak. I'm keeping adding oil, and I don't see a, a spot on the ground." Uh, okay, we better yeah. take a look at that now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And then there are some other cars that uh, will cause a big problem, so you don't, you know, you just want to be yeah, careful. Yeah, we've, we've had a few people that, you know, their oil pressure switch fails, and you get a red oil light, and they start pouring oil. <laughs> Next yeah. thing, it's running out the valve cover. And, and you know, to, to a <laughs> lot of— Smoking out the tailpipe. Agreed. And to a lot of consumers' defense, some of those 
dipsticks are not that easy to read if your oil is no. dirty. Nissan's the worst. Yeah, with that little, yeah, it is. It goes in at a stupid angle. Yep. And, I mean, even the owner's manual says shut the car off, wait 15 minutes, then try and check it. A lot of them do that, too. And it, it, it's even hard for us to read them. And, it, you know, we, we do it all the time. But sometimes I always go with the lowest. If You can turn the stick and you can pull it out and take a look at it. And one side will look high. The other side will look low. Um, I always go with the lowest side because mm-hmm. that's typically correct. And then by the time you do that, you add a quart of oil. Now both sides are, are that way because when the dipstick goes in, it got it has to pass all sorts of other things with oil on it, and it just gets wiped you know, off. Whatever. It gets wiped off, but yeah. So that's our oil story for today. All right, five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in next week. Get in early. So we can get this cars going before uh, it gets springtime. We got to go to car shows. We got to get that going. So we still got second winter to get through. So oh, second winter. Oh, yeah. that's right. I'm sure it's coming. It, it's nice today. It'd be crappy tomorrow. Yep. That's, that's the forecast. Write that down. That's it. All right. I'm Bob. Kyle. See you next week. If you're looking to replace your old windows, here's a strong endorsement. Go with Replacement by Pella. Pella's fiberglass window material is the strongest material for replacement windows and patio doors. Make the strong choice. Choose Replacement by Pella. Hurry, the sale ends soon. Go to PellaReplacement.com now.